labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Everyone close your eyes for a second. Take a deep breath. Hold it for a couple seconds and breathe out. Let's do it once more. Breathe in. Breathe out. Rest. That is what God wants us to intentionally experience. Moments of rest. Some of you haven't done that in a while. And some of you needed that more than you would like to admit. Today we're going to dive into Sabbath rest. Family, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Sunday. We thank you for just bringing us together, God. We know that when we are gathered in your name, that you are in the midst of us. God, I pray that every heart, mind, soul, and ear would be open to receive the word, that it would be good ground ready to adhere to this word and apply it to our lives. God, I pray that we would rend our hearts, God, and be willing to surrender. Lord, this is your day. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Mercy Road Northwest. Thank you. That was a, a very warm welcome. <laughs> My name is Raven Moody, and as always, I am honored to share and be here with you this morning. If you are new, watching online, or visiting, we would love to say thank you, and we are glad to have you. If you don't know who I am, again, my name is Raven Moody. I'm a part of the uh, board of directors here at Mercy Road Northwest. I serve on the prayer team and I am a co-facilitator for the Called Women's Outpost. Speaking of called women, <laughs> speaking of called women, ladies, Saturday, April 22nd from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., we are hosting the If Gathering Women's Conference. Tickets are currently discounted at $25 until March 15th. Um, you can scan the QR code in the seat back in front of you in order to register. Also, if you would like to uh, sign up to volunteer, that's also an option on that link. So, a little bit of a dramatic intro, right? The scripture, the deep breath but it's all in alignment for what we're going to hear today. Before I get started, I'm gonna share something with you. Look guys, I'm walking away. <laughs> so for those that don't get the joke, um, I normally hide behind the computer or the iPad just as a place of um, comfort, but Pastor Luke has been ch um, challenging me to get out of my comfort zone. And so I'm gonna do that even more today. So when I was preparing today, um, I, was like, okay, what do I wear? And I don't know why I was so pressed about it, because I'm just like, we're gonna just pick anything. But I normally tell a joke, and I didn't have any jokes, but then I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear my Vans. I, I, um, I got on Vans, and I'm sharing the gospel. I'm an evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> Super lame joke, but I got that. <laughs> but guys, when I first told Pastor Luke that, he was not amused. <laughs> I have to give props to my friend Byron. I, I stole that from him. So I told him I'd give him his credit. But in all seriousness, let's jump on into this message. Um, also, actually, let me go back for a second. When I was choosing what to wear, um, I, was just, I really was pressed about this. And I kept hearing, rend your heart, rend your heart, rend your heart. And I literally, like on Wednesday in the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, 
Joel 2 and 12 through 13 was the scripture of the day. And I'm like, okay, God. And then I kept hearing it, rend your heart, rend your heart, rend your heart. So God led me to go back and watch the rend your heart message that Pastor Luke taught. And it really encouraged me. And this is a message today that's going to require us to rend our hearts. We're going to have to surrender. We're going to have to sacrifice the things in our day-to-day lives that we are so comfortable with in order to apply this message to our lives. All right. So again, we are in a series called Sacred. And the big idea is that when we make what is sacred to God, sacred to us, we experience his favor. And so today, today again, we're going to talk about Sabbath. Mark 2, verses 23 through 28 reads, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So what does it mean for something to be sacred? And what is the Sabbath? According to our good friend Google, something being sacred means it is regarded with great respect, or reverence. Um, The Sabbath, according to Strong's Concordance, is a day of weekly repose from secular avocations. In other words, it just means a day of rest to spend away from worldly or secular activities. And secular isn't necessarily something negative, it just means it has no religious or spiritual basis. So from the beginning, God had called people to take a day away from the things of this world and give it back to him. Today, We're going to talk about reverencing the Sabbath in two contexts. One, honoring the Sabbath as a day. And two, honoring the Sabbath as a lifestyle. Again, when we make what is sacred to God, sacred to us, we experience his favor. So first, let's talk about observing the Sabbath as a day. The first time we ever see the Sabbath mentioned is in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. And it reads, So the creation of the heaven and earth and everything in them was completed, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was a day when he rested from all his work of creation. So in this text, we see God himself choosing to stop all he had done, all the work he had done in creating the world, and he rested. Holy, oh, he not only rested, but he declared the day as blessed and holy. And holy just means to be sacred and set apart. So I'm just going to get a little bit ahead of myself and say that if God himself felt that it was important to rest after all the work he had done, it is also important for us to rest. Disclaimer, which we'll talk a little bit more about this in a second, is we don't have to be religious about it. We don't have to feel that this is a law that if we don't keep it on a Saturday or Sunday that we're condemning ourselves or that we're sinning. Again, this is a spiritual principle that when we make what is sacred to God, sacred to us, we experience his favor. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath was a command, but it's something that the religious leaders misused, and it became a works-driven obligation versus understanding that God gave it for us. It was for our good. God, to this day, honors the Sabbath. But the Bible, in the Bible, we see Jesus defy the religiosity behind the Sabbath by serving in the kingdom of God. 
In Matthew 12, the healed, Jesus healed the man with the withered hand on the Sabbath. In Mark 2, Jesus defies the Sabbath by allowing the, the disciples to pick grain. In Luke 13, he healed the woman who had a crippled hand, who was crippled for 18 years on the Sabbath. And in John 5, he healed the man in Bethsaida on the Sabbath. So why aren't we obligated to keep the Sabbath on a Saturday or Sunday as a religious law? Because when this was put into place, the body of Christ was under the law, but we are no longer under the law. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled the requirements of the law. The Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath. So what are some benefits in observing the Sabbath? Number one, we get the rest we need. Matthew 11, verses 20, verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest is an essential part of our everyday lives. Taking time to rest your mind and be filled up by God will help you function better. Function mentally, function spiritually. We cannot run on fumes or weariness and expect to show up as our best selves. God desires to give each and every one of us a place of rest away from the things of the world. Just as I said, we don't show up as our best selves if we don't get rest. Want me to prove it? How many people have small children around them? Sons, daughters, grandchildren, nieces, nephews. Everyone's got a small child somewhere in their life. When they are in rare form and they're agitated and they're getting on your nerves, maybe their siblings, even the family pet, they're in rare form, what do we tell them? You need a nap. Yes, you need a nap. So just as we tell our young children that when they aren't quite themselves and they're tired and they're worn out and irritated, just like they aren't their best selves when they're tired, we also need to get refreshing and rest from God. Number two, another benefit of honoring the Sabbath as a day is so that we are not consumed or validated by work or what we produce. Matthew 6, verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Don't get so caught up in money or being a workaholic that you miss the rest and fulfillment that comes with God. Has anyone ever seen the Christian movie War Room? Tony Jordan, the, the father in the movie, he was always working. He was so busy, caught up in the money he was making and the accolades they were giving him that he was dishonest with his company. He and his wife were so busy running around, working their jobs, that they didn't even know the name to their daughter's jump roping team. Some people, unfortunately, miss out on some very valuable family experiences because they're busy. Some people, unfortunately, miss out on pivotal moments in their children growing up because they're busy. In War Room, the family functioned so much better when they incorporated more time with family, and with God. Minister Alexis Lott said, the breaks you need to take are just as important as the work you produce. This world makes us believe that the busier we are, the more money we make, the more we do makes us more valuable, but that couldn't be any further from the truth. Don't get so caught up in the rat race that, and feeling that you have to produce more that you miss out on rest. 
Don't be consumed by the world's view of success. True success is when you are obedient and inside the will of God, because there is no eternal value in the things of this world. Again, there is no eternal value in the things of this world. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Jonathan Evans said, you think your value is in your work, not realizing that your power is in your rest. Number three, it allows us to be present and available to our friends, our families and communities. Hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more you will see the day approaching. Do you realize that before the pandemic, before most of us became remote, and actually even now, as most people are going back into the office, we saw more of our coworkers than we see of our own family. We need to make sure that not only are we setting time, aside time to rest and commune for ourselves, but even with our family and our friends, we need to encourage one another and be encouraged by one another. Something that I kind of think is cool, my mom didn't know I was going to share this. Um, something that I really think is cool is my mom recently decided to implement a Sunday evening prayer time. And I really thought that was cool because it not only allows us to come together and spend time with God, but it sets the tone for our week. As you come away from the things of the world and rest in God, make time for godly community and family. What we're doing here today and even what we do on our communion meals uh, Sundays is an act of Sabbath rest. Number four, this is the most important benefit in my opinion. Sabbath draws us closer to God. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 tells us, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. James 4 tells us that if we draw near to him, that he'll draw near to us. Be intentional with your walk with God. Your relationship with God is the most important relationship you will ever have. Because when we live according to his word, it not only determines how we interact with ourselves, what we think about ourselves, how we feel, it determines how we interact with others. Sabbath, it gives us time to hear the word of God or spend time in the word of God. Sabbath is a time literally to be set apart for God. He not only created us, but it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Without him, we walk aimlessly in darkness. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. These four things are just some of the benefits that come with regarding the Sabbath as something sacred. Remember, it's for our benefit. It's not just for something for us to follow as a rule. I have to keep reiterating that. Mark 2, verse 27 says, Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Now, there is someone listening to me, and they're like, Raven, I don't need Sabbath. If you don't feel like you need Sabbath rest, if you are constantly thinking, I got this, on Monday morning, you look at your calendar for the week and you say, I got this. You're going through your day-to-day -day lives with your family and extracurricular activities and work, and you're like, I got this. Let me share you a secret. Apart from God, you don't got this. Yeah. 
If you are leaning on your own strength and refuse to rest, this is an area of your life that you need to render and bring before the Lord. Don't burn the candle at both ends of the stick because eventually the wax will run out. And I don't want anyone to experience what happens when you don't take the time to rest. So, and all the things that we've talked about in this series, not just Sabbath, but the church's mission, community, marriage, sex, prayer, keeping these things sacred to God is not about legalism or tradition. It's not about rules. It's for our benefit. That's how we experience his favor. Well, what is favor? Favor means, according to Vanguard News, God stepping into one situation to make a worthwhile difference. Merriam-Webster says favor means to afford an advantage to. Don't you want to experience God's worthwhile difference in your life? Don't you want him to afford you an advantage? This reminds me of the I Need a Miracle series where we talked about God supernaturally stepping into our natural. Again, these areas of our lives, we need God's advantage in the church's mission, in our community, in our marriage, in our sex lives, in our prayer lives, in our rest. Intentionally make these things sacred to you so that you can experience a worthwhile difference or advantage. So let's be intentional this week and every week to set aside time out of our schedules to focus on God and rest. Allow God to show you his favor as you set aside sacred time for him. Now let's talk about the Sabbath as a lifestyle. How many people have ever been in a season of frustration where you found yourself working and toiling, working extremely hard, and you weren't getting the results that you wanted? How about you worked and worked and you did get the results you wanted, but you realize you're always burnt out and you always feel like you're in need of a vacation? One of the benefits of resting in, God's, in God as a lifestyle is not having to work extremely hard because you trust that he's in control. When we put God on the throne of our hearts and focus on him, we get to see life from the perspective of his sovereignty in and through the world around us. When we see God's favor produced out of us honoring him and the things and principles he calls sacred, we realize just how in control he is. What if we don't have to worry or try to do things on our own because we realize that the results are his to give. This is something that the children of Israel had to experience and they learned this the hard way. In Exodus 16, the children of Israel, God was giving them daily manna and he told them to take just enough for the day, not too much. And if they took too little, he extended it so that they would have exactly what they needed. Well, when they tried to think they were slick and took more than they needed, it would rot. But he did tell them, the day before the Sabbath, take a little extra for the Sabbath. And when they took that extra, he preserved it. God was trying to show them, I got you. I have your back. Just rest in me to give you what you need. When you find ourselves striving or toiling in our own strength, it's often because we don't believe that God will do it for us. When we choose a life to rest, it's because we have faith that whatever it is that we need, the healing, the strength, the protection, the provision, the peace, that he'll give it to us. We can rest in that. Raven, give me another example. In Luke 5, 
we see the disciples right before Jesus calls them and they are skilled fishermen, and, but they hadn't caught anything. But then Jesus, who's not a skilled fisherman, steps into their circumstances. And when he tells them to try it again, they not only got fish, but they had such an abundance that they couldn't handle it all. They learned that God was for them and would provide. This is an advantage. Without Christ, they wouldn't have gotten that abundance. A couple weeks ago, I saw a post by Amanda Pittman of Confident Women that said, great people don't do great things. God does great things through surrendered people. There's an advantage in that you trusting that he will do it. You're just the vessel. When we learn that God is in control, we surrender and we rest in him. We see him move on our behalf. But when we're trying to do everything in our own strength, we realize that we are limited. Jesus, Jesus himself never wanted for anything. When there was a need, God met him there. In the last message I taught, and I needed a miracle, again, we went through how God supernaturally steps into our natural. When we walk in obedience to God, he does his parts and meets us where we need him to. His grace is sufficient in our weakness. Okay, I have another question. How many people have ever said, we're going to ride till the wheels fall off? <laughs> as cute as that sounds, I don't like that saying. Because the truth is, we see that as something that signifies longevity and devotion. But I don't want the wheels to fall off my car. <laughs> I want my car to be preserved until, so that the wheels don't fall off. My first car was a 1993 Mazda 626. It is a year younger than me. And that car to this day, I sold it, still runs. It's been preserved. So let us, just like we preserve our cars, we choose to pull over to get that oil change. We pull over to get the new tires and get the tires rotated. We pull over to get our brakes checked. We pull over even to put fuel in our car so that they can keep going. Sometimes we have to pull over. Pull over and get that day-to-day -day peace and rest you need from God. Pull over and get your joy. Pull over and get your healing. Pull over and get the encouragement you need. Pull over and go to the Father, knowing that he's in control of every area of your life. Psalms 23, verses 2 and 3, it says, He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the quiet water. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. He makes me lie down. He makes me rest in green pastures. Imagine running through a field, a green field, and the flowers and just the air just running through your hair. Wouldn't that be so peaceful? He restores our soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your, and your emotions. He gives you rest in those areas. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it to the full. It is a lie of the enemy that you don't need rest. 
Lack of rest will spiritually or physically kill and destroy your peace, your joy, your faith, and your mental capacity. When Jesus gives you rest, you have abundance of life, peace, joy, and mental vitality. Self-care is good, but it does not compare to the rest we get from God. Rest and connection to God helps us function at our best and full capacities. If you don't pull over and life begins to life, because eventually it will, you eventually become weary. If we go back to Matthew 11, because I have to reiterate this, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Come to me and I will give you rest. That is an instruction. If you are carrying some heavy burdens or you are weary, the Lord says, come to me. And the result of you coming to him is rest. Rest is our inheritance as children of God. He wants to give us rest, but we have to surrender the busyness of our day-to-day lives so that we can get that rest. I've shared up here before that anytime I teach, God is going to send me through that message before I share it. And this week I found myself texting a friend and I'm like, man, I am weary. I'm just like, man, I'm just, I'm just wore out in a specific area of my life. And literally that friend, not knowing what I was preaching on this week and says, he, they're like, what does the Bible say when you're weary? And I started laughing. I text back and said, to come to me. So I had to implement that in my life that when I'm weary, that I can go to God and say, God, this is what's on my heart. This is where I'm frustrated. This is where I need your help. And literally I had so much peace after I gave it to him and trusted that he was taking care of that situation. David in Psalm 62, he was under attack and he acknowledged that God was his rest. Verse five and six says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. What is a fortress? It is a shelter that keeps one from danger or trouble. Let him be your fortress. When you know that you are in a protected place, you can take a load off, you can rest, you can relax. No matter what's going on in your life, go to him, he will give you the rest you need. Focus on him, not the problem. Let him be your strength. Let him be your refuge. Let him be your ever-present help in the time of trouble. There is not one burden on this earth you have to carry alone. Go to him and get refreshed so you can be your best self. Go to him and get your rest so that you aren't at the end of your fuse. Go to him so that you can think straight. Go to him so that you aren't anxious or agitated. Keep the sacred things of God, sacred to you so that you can experience his worthwhile difference, his advantage. So the benefits of the Sabbath as a day, we're getting the rest we need, not being consumed by work or productivity, being present and available to family and community, and drawing close to God. Some benefits of the Sabbath as a lifestyle, where knowing he's in control, being refreshed, feeling well-maintained and up to to keep going, finding rest when life makes you weary. To end, I'm going to share a story. And Pastor Luke had no idea about this story when he gave this topic to me, but I just felt like God was intentional in giving me this topic. 
In 2020, I found myself burnt out, miserable day in, day out. I had always been a self-proclaimed workaholic. I took pride in being a both a night owl and an early riser. I stayed busy and people saw me as a quote unquote boss. Yeah. <laughs> I worked on my vacations. I always had something going on. My hands were always in something. Every opportunity of ministry that was presented to me, I couldn't say no. I was always finding something to volunteer in. All that sounds great, right? I was always, you know, just giving back, giving back. I'm serving in the church. I'm working diligently. Wrong. The morning of August 4, 2020, I cried out to God when I got up that morning and I was just, I was miserable. I literally needed a break and I asked God, I kid you guys not, I asked God, Lord, find a way for my job to fire me. It was that bad. So I told God, I, I was just began to get really specific with my prayer. And I said, God, I need an answer. Something's got to give. I can't keep doing this. And I asked him to give me an answer by 3 p.m. 2.42 p.m. And y'all, I actually went back through my text to figure out the timing. But 2.42 p.m., the room began to spin. I texted my boss and I said, hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to clock out. I'll be back online tomorrow. Laid down, figured it'll be all right. Just get some rest, take some migraine medicine. And I had never had a migraine before, but just take some medicine. You'll be all right. Next day I wake up, room still spinning. I couldn't walk from room to room or even stand up straight. The doctor told me that they couldn't get me into the next day. So I just had to power through for the rest of that day. By that evening, I couldn't keep soup down, water down. And if I even made a slight turn, I found myself bent over a trash can. I was so worried, everyone was worried because nobody understood what was happening to me. I remember crying myself to sleep and I said, God, please let me wake up tomorrow morning. I go to the doctor, they're shooting me with steroids, giving me different medicines. I'm like, oh, you'll be fine in 20 minutes. Nothing they gave me worked. So at this point I'm on day three Day four, I wake up and the doctor calls and he's like, look, I don't know what's happening to you. He was like, we're gonna throw the kitchen sink at this. If it doesn't work, I need you to go to the emergency room immediately. Luckily, the medicine worked that day. To this day, I now have migraines and vertigo triggered by migraines because I didn't know how to rest. I thought that if I was not busy, then I was being lazy. I felt that if I wasn't giving back, that I wasn't helping people where they needed me to. I learned the hard way to pull over and to get what I needed from God. I learned the hard way what it looks like when you burn the candle at both ends. I learned the hard way to, accept, to assess my capacity before saying yes to an opportunity. God worked. And then he rested. Even Jesus took time to rest, to stop pouring into others and to devote time to the Father, to get filled back up. I thought I was a perfectly healthy 28-year-old back in 2020. And to this day, again, I have a constant reminder that if I don't rest, my body will make me rest. I have two friends, 29 and 33, same situation. Their health began to fail because they were constantly stressed because they wouldn't slow down. Find time for Sabbath rest. If you are stressed out, burnt out at the end of your rope, take time now 
today to visit the prayer room. If you would like to surrender your life to God, I'll be baptizing after service. Then there are a change of clothes if you would like that option. When you get home, take a, take a look at your calendar and see what you can take off of your calendar. Cancel that trip that would be more stressful than anything else. And next time someone asks you to help them with something, don't immediately give them a yes. Say, let me get back to you. And then really consider your capacity before responding. When life gets hard and you get weary, go to him because he'll give you rest. Those are some practical ways that you can apply this message to your life. Come to him and rest. Family, let's pray. Family, Father, I thank you for this opportunity for us to hear a word from your heart. I thank you, God, for just reminding us that you want us to come to you, reminding us that we need to rest. We live in a day and a time where everyone is going, 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 and keeping busy. But let us be like the sister in the Bible who took time to sit at the feet of Jesus versus the one that chose to serve. It's more important to come before you, to lay our lives at your feet. Lord, as we go throughout this week and throughout the rest of our lives, God, let us be intentional, intentional about rest, intentional about spending time with you, intentional about godly community. God, we just give our lives to you. We surrender our lives to you. We rend our hearts to you. In a world that seems so busy, God, let us keep the things that are sacred to you, sacred to us. In Jesus' name, amen.